the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. I'm Rob Black talking money, investing, and more. You can visit the wonderful world of Rob Black at robblackshow.com. It's robblackshow.com. i got a big event coming up. Thursday, November 16th in Los Gatos, the cat, the city of the cat, lovely hotel. Think about staying the night. I think you, you start to get old when you're like, yeah, I don't want to drive home 30 minutes. So 930 is a little too late for me, but 630 to 830. So maybe I could be home by nine. Maybe. But then I have to do a radio show the next day. I got to get up at four and I'm like, no, it's, those are the long days. You're darn tootin'. It's a pretty good event, though, because I'm kind of crazy by the end of it. It's a long day. Um, I'm one of those people that I lose my SHI when I, I'm exhausted. I sound like I'm drunk. I start slurring words. So it's pretty entertaining to watch me fall asleep. Um, probably not safe. Probably not safe to drive is also probably a good idea there, right? 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about retirement income strategies and real estate event at the Toll House Hotel Summit Ballroom, Los Gatos, California. Uh, sign up is $25, but you can get in free of use code RADIO25. It's RADIO25. Uh, one of the things we're going to be talking about is 2018. And I saw an article recently about Zillow and what they expect home prices to do in 2018. And they kind of expect, you know, another 5 6% in most of the cities. Some cities like Seattle and Portland might be better than other cities like San Francisco and New York. But what was interesting about it was their angle was you're going to have to come up with more and more money to put down on a house. And, you know, something like 85% of people who want to buy a house say that they have trouble because they're paying off their college debt. So their college debt's 25000 to 200000 And they want to go out and buy a home that's $200,000 to $600,000. And it's just crazy how long it takes you to get to where you need to go. Sometimes it feels like that, right? So I think the expectation for 2018, one thing that scares me is unemployment is incredibly low. And, you know, when you're at 4% unemployment, that's pretty good. And people are going to spend their paychecks. And the sad part is, is we're not really gaining a lot of wealth in the United States. We're doing better. We're doing better. But... As unemployment stays incredibly low, the Fed's going to look around and go, you know what? We need to get to more normalized interest rates. And I haven't done a lot of talking recently on the 10-year Treasury. But when the Fed marches, you see that 10-year Treasury march higher. And well, it should. Instead of lending money at near zero, the reason we got... I have a mortgage at like 3.7%. That's unbelievable. My dad never got anything lower than 7.5% in his lifetime. Now... And it wasn't because my dad had bad credit. So there's a lot going on here. And interest rates have started to move higher. And they're expected to move one more time in December. And probably expected two to three times in 2018. So the days of the 3.7% mortgage are over. Now we're at four and a half, four and three quarters. Typically. 
again, depends on what sort of product you get. And that means houses are a lot less affordable. So I could look at a house right now with million five, and I'm like, do I really want to spend $20,000 a year in property taxes in California? Do I just want to get a really nice house in Tahoe and spend $5,000 a year in property taxes? Um, so in my head, I have like these numbers that I can play with. I have some boundaries, and you should never cross boundaries. Let's bring in Tony Mendez, BayAreaLoanSource.com, to talk boundaries and mortgage rates and expectations for 2018. Um, you expect interest rates to move higher, mortgage rates to move higher in 2018? Is that still a feeling of yours, or is there something yeah, It's missing? been a feeling for several years. <laughs> um, go back to 2013, and we all had the whole saying that uh, they're rock bottom now. They have no other place to go. And every year, we kind of see them kind of hovering around 4%. Uh, we got up as high as 4.3 less than a year ago, somewhere in March of this year. So why wouldn't it go back up to 4.3%? Uh, and we're talking about the, the the only real number that we can follow is the Freddie Mac Weekly Survey. And it kind of gives us the trend. It's at 39 3.94% today, but it was 4.3 earlier this year. So, yeah, interest rates can have more um, upside, in this case, higher rates than downside. And uh, affordability is something that is uh, is a concern, especially when, uh, you know, you start talking about uh, tax reform and the elimination of, of uh, property tax deduction and, and your interest deduction uh, being lowered down to $500,000 for a couple. And these things play in your mind when you say, I might... I may not buy that $1.5 million house. I may go to Tahoe instead, and I may actually get my deductions um, as opposed to losing $1 million in deductions. I mean, there's a lot of things that are going to be playing out in 2018, and one of them will be the tax reform and higher rates. Another thing that will be playing out in 2018, it's just another year. Um, it's another year. That we're all getting older, and we're all looking at millennials, and they're, all, they're picking up more and more college debt. So the vacancy rate of rental apartments in Manhattan is at its highest level of the year. Okay, that's that's not highest level ever, just of the year. But landlords have amped up their concessions. Now, a lot of people, and this is some area that I'm, I'm pretty proud of, the millennials, they know how to use information really well. They grew up with smartphones in their hands, and uh, they grew up with computers, and you know, much more so than you and I. Um, so with that said, I, I think they're pretty good at, at gathering in information and consuming it. So they're becoming a lot more wary of freebies, especially when they don't couldn't be able to afford the apartment without them. So landlords are going to have to stay, you know, instead of a month front of free rent, they're going to have to cut rent prices. Um, and then, whoa, once someone does it and another person does it and once another person does it, then people start waiting. Like if I wait a little bit longer. Um, so it's been a buyer's market for a long time. No, it's been a seller's market, excuse me in the housing, but it's been a landlord's market for a long time. And that's not going to change because the vacancy rate in New York city is down to 2.6%. There's a couple signs that the, what they call multifamily sector is being played out. Uh, the majority of the new home building that's been going on over the last several years has been multifamily. It's roughly 70%. And that's decreasing a little bit. There's some, the home builders are saying, we have a little bit less optimism going forward for the next six to 12 months about these type of properties. And they're, they're aiming towards more towards single family, believe it or not, single family rentals, which are still pretty hot. Um, but yeah, what, what can you do, Rob? You have 
if you have affordability issues, home prices, inventory is low, home prices are going up, rates are going up a little bit, and you can't afford a place that you're going to rent. Um, I think we're just getting diluted a little bit. There's been a lot of building going on. Places like San Francisco, L.A., Boston's, the Washington, D.C.'s. Washington, D.C. is running into a rent problem as well. The, the New York's. These are all places that are running into just too much inventory at this time, and landlords are going to have to do that. But you're, already, you're talking about numbers that are already elevated. And, you know, cutting rents back a little bit, What's wrong with that? The only it's just that you have these builders that are putting up these these huge complexes. It could be ten units to one hundred fifty, two hundred units, and expect a certain amount of rents in order for their cash flow to work. And those are the expectations. And um, I think we, you might start seeing some concessions a little bit more in rents and concessions. Right, and affordability is just again, it's a bit of a problem in the health of the real estate market. Um, I've talked to a lot of parents. I'm like, your kid's not gonna be able to afford a house in the Bay area, a house house, like the one you have, like you may be able to give it to them. And he's like, you know, you're right. 25% of renters in San Francisco are spending more than 43% of their income on rent. You can find Tony Mendez at Bay area That's Bay area You could come out and meet him, CFP, Chad Burton, and myself in Los Gatos retirement income strategies and estate planning seminar, November 16. It's at the Toll House Hotel, the Summit Ballroom. You can sign up at Rob Black Show. Rob Black Show. Use the code RADIO25 to get in for free. Catch Rob Black and Rob Black and Your Money live on the Bay Area Airwaves. Weekday mornings from 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. And streaming live on the KDOW radio app or KDOW.biz. And don't forget the weeknight replay at 7. So this is a little bleachers bringing us back from break. I'm a big fan. As I'm getting older, I no longer say that I'm, you know, in my early 40s, as I'm starting to push towards retirement, I'm still not there. I still hold on to that. I still like music. It's the one thing that I could still hold on to and say, uh, Jack Antonoff, like what he does. I wish I could do that. Like, I think all writers want to be rock stars and all rock stars want to be writers and such like that. It's probably the only youthful youthful thing I still do. I went to a 49ers game uh, Sunday because I was in the area, and tickets are dirt cheap now because I want to see the new stadium. I want to see it in action. I was like, this isn't fun. Music still is fun for me, but I went to a professional sporting event, and I'm like, this doesn't do one thing for me. There wasn't one moment in that stadium that brought me one moment of happiness. Cheerleaders, I was like, you're kind of cute. I kind of like that, and I was close enough to see him. You know, it wasn't like these were bad seats. But uh, the whole experience, just seeing people get drunk and people like the biggest conversation, the, the, the deepest thing they can talk about that day was, oh, that was a good hit. I just I don't get it. And I think dads who bond with their kids at football games. You got to do more than that. You got to do more. So um, but anyway, Tony and I, Tony's sitting in here. He of BayAreaLoanSource.com. Him and I went to see uh, I dragged you to the bleachers not a lot that long ago. Yeah. Nice part of town in Oakland, uh, Fox Theater, which 20 years ago, that part of town was not the greatest. But real estate has changed as money's come in. And uh, you just talk to the drivers, you know, the Uber drivers and Lyft drivers who uh, say, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, it's it's a different neighborhood for sure. A lot less crime. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. So, I enjoyed how easy it was to get in and out of there. And there's great restaurants close by. Yeah. So a lot of good condos went up, a lot of great shops. Um 
some people took some risks and they paid off uh, as far as business wise goes. And uh, the condos are doing very well. And it's such an easy access point for all the highways and getting in and out. So, you know, we, we love seeing that Oakland and uh, other parts of the Bay Area have done these types of have had these types of changes. What made me, you know, interested was probably about hmm, 10, 12 years ago. A friend of mine, he has an, uh, he's Caucasian. He's married to an Asian woman with a really hardcore Asian family. Like they speak no English. Um, and they bought a restaurant in downtown Oakland and it got great Yelp reviews, great open table reviews. And, you know, he's sitting there explaining everything at, at dinner. I'm like, I don't know. Is, is, is this part of Oakland going to be a sustainable? And uh, slowly and slowly and slowly, it's a great part of town now. And uh, but I know that in my head, I was like, oh, I, I would buy in San Carlos or Palo Alto. San Francisco makes a lot more sense to me than and the upside was there. So and it was tough for us to see it. So, yeah, it can be some good downtown living. There's uh, quite a few changes going on in West Oakland. You know, the last major city in, in the Bay, no, no, the last major city in, in California that I'm now starting to give people advice to consider. Um, you want to take a guess? Richmond? No. No. I think further south. Further south? Yeah. Got to go almost to Mexico. San Diego? San Diego. Yeah. You could still get a big old house for $600,000 in the outskirts. Um, and it well, is San Diego, so it's got great weather. Well, in, in, in my line of work, we reach out to a lot of people and a lot of people reach out to us and we experience quite a few scenarios and we are seeing a lot of people basically spreading out all of California. We have somebody looking at a second home in Sacramento, second home in Sacramento. Yeah. He's buying a $500,000 house. It's a 3,100 square foot uh, property. And he's saying that's more than that's less than the equity I have in my property in San Francisco, Uh, the San Diego's, the, the Tahoe's we have people moving up to Redding, um, which is I think booming right now. And then, I mean, pretty much everywhere in California, we're seeing a lot more people looking in California, but not the Bay Area, uh, so to speak. I'm Ron Burgundy. <laughs> you stay classy, San Diego. That's exactly right. Um, what's interesting about, you know, just from talking with different people um, and from knowing families now in the Bay Area for 15 years, I've seen families move to San Diego. I've seen them move to Austin. I've seen them move to... Um, uh, smaller cities outside of the, uh, oh, the, the Bay Reno, area. even the Reno's, the Vegas, the the Boise's, Denver's. The I don't s- see a lot of Vegas, but I, I think what's interesting is I'm seeing families move, and what what am I seeing coming in? Single people, yeah. So who are willing to live a much smaller lifestyle, and uh, sometimes they you know marry well and it pays off. There's good jobs here for sure if you're willing to live small. But while I was in Santa Clara last week. Um, I stayed at the Embassy Suite. No, not the Embassy Suites. Um, not the Hilton. It was the Hyatt. And uh, just driving around the Hyatt, I was stunned to see this. Um, four trailer parks. Massive, huge trailer parks. I'm like, it, it's not dawned on me that a city like Santa Clara can have that many freaking fracking trailer parks. I'm like, it's now starting to make sense because, like, where do the single people live? And there's no shame in living in a trailer park in the Bay Area. You know, they're nice homes. You don't have any yards or anything like that. It wasn't too long ago where we were hearing about companies opening up their parking lots to uh, extended stay 
vehicles um, and even companies that were leasing vehicles to people to live in vans. Um, And, you know, if your work has a shower and a gym, maybe everything plays out for you, you know, to, to live in that 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 parking lot. So Santa Clara, though, I don't know how the city got away with putting in trailer parks and not apartments or condos with storefronts. Um, to me, it's just, it's crazy. And they're, I'm, what I'm telling you, they're four. Every one of them was the size of like three football fields. They were huge, just stacked, you know, uh, trailer on top of 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 trailer. Um, so I was a little surprised by that. Cause you think of the Bay area, you think a million dollar house, million and a half dollar house. You don't think six thousand dollars rent? You, you never know how much is it. Look it up. It, it's probably quite a bit of rent. Land, the landowners are probably breaking it in. Yeah, because people are real close to their jobs. Yep. And uh, I don't know. So it's it's interesting because I I once was proposed a business plan. Someone came to me and said, you know, I want to own trailer parks. And I'm like, that makes no sense. You like your clientele would no no, but trailer parks in Santa Clara maybe maybe so. And uh, I think he was pretty wealthy, if I remember correctly. Yeah. And it, he might have owned one of those in Santa Clara. It was somewhere on the peninsula. And I was like, no. But our perceptions changed. Whether it be it. Oakland or Santa Clara. Yeah. Yeah. You can find Tony Mendez at BayAreaLoanSource.com. That's BayAreaLoanSource.com. He does all my loans. He's doing a loan for me right now. Uh, I'm putting together a package on some ideas and some places and what I can and can't afford. Do I do home equity line? Do I do a 30-year? Do I do a five-year? He's the guy that helps me on the math with all that. You can find him at BayAreaLoanSource.com. Want the podcast with music? Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. So a friend of mine... I got some good friends I'm starting to figure out. Um, God, I don't want to say his name because it's so identifiable. But he's such a good friend, I want to say his name. But I won't. It all depends on what you're going to say about him. Oh, it's not bad. He and his family just decided to buy a house near Clear Lake. And he's like, it's half the price of Tahoe. And it's in wine country. So it doesn't take me long to get to Calistoga. Um, Straight down the road. St. Helena's right there. Yountonville. And it's a lake. So <clears throat> he goes, I don't like dealing with Tahoe. He doesn't like dealing with Tahoe. And I was like, but it's Tahoe. <clears throat> you know, Tahoe's pretty lovely, right? And uh, he's like, I don't like dealing with Tahoe. So it was a pretty aggressive, you know, he's pretty adamant about it. So, and I, his family's fantastic. He's got one of the best families in the whole area that I've ever met. Like just really super down to earth. So anyway, um, just talking about real estate in a random level. What you got for me today, Tony? I see you gave me something about real estate agents protecting themselves from opiate addicts. Why do we have to worry about that? Uh, addicts are staging themselves as buyers, and they're raiding the cabinets for medicine. Oh, oh, yeah. It's also a story. It's a it's a story about a, a company called Cogent that's building a device that that's almost real- like one of the dumbest things I've heard all week, and I've yeah. heard a lot of dumb things. Yeah, yeah. And, and realtors will use this 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 high tech device um, before they make an appointment with a, a prospective buyer, and they'll plug in their name and address and maybe some other information, and it pulls up their criminal record to see if it's something that they have to be worried about. Do, do they need to bring another person or protection? It, what's interesting, uh, some of the stats they did in their study, 50% of realtors carry some sort of weapon with them when they're doing an open house or doing appointments and um, everything from pepper spray to uh, firearms. You've got to be kidding me. 
That's that's surprising. Yeah, I mean, there's five percent of realtors say that they've been um, assaulted uh, during an open house, and and the stories go on and on and on. So it's it's a real issue that realtors have to deal with. Um, I I brought up the question last night while talking about this: Is it borderline discrimination if they say, "Well, I'm not showing a house to you uh, because of your criminal record"? Mm. Uh, I don't think it will. I think the uh, the point here is that you're do, it's protection, and you have to do whatever it takes to protect yourself, and then apologize later. Hmm. Friend of mine. Uh, but yeah, they're they're raiding cabinets, and you know, <laughs> here's another friend of yeah. mine. Yeah, you have good friends. She actually became a Craigslist prostitute, and <laughs> she would hire protection. So she would pay a big guy to basically go with her to the appointment. And he would make sure that everything went kind of smoothly. Aren't they called, aren't they called pimps in a way? Mm, not, not in this case. Okay. So she, just she, protection. Okay. Yeah, she avoided the, the middleman with a pimp and just got protection on her own. I know you're saying, I wonder who that could be. You know, I'm talking. I'm talking. Listen to me. That's good grammar. I've spoke to sex workers of San Francisco. And uh, they need money advice just as well as you and I do. I was there. Okay. Yeah. So, in about the, 10, no, that was 12, was, 13 years ago. That was yeah. a long time ago. It was very interesting. Food? Okay. I said yes very quickly. Because it's a cash business. And, you don't, I mean, talk about like NFL players only playing three years on average. Sex workers can't work forever. So, and it was it was definitely interesting. So, um, to say the least. So, Zillow's in the news today. They say the rise in U.S. house prices since the recession has created a market favorable for sellers. Um, although the recovery has been good to buyers, they're faced with fewer non-luxury choices in major cities. CEO Spencer Raskoff of Zillow said that the difference is a bit of a headwind for the company's business. Some of its buyer agents are spending several months and writing dozens of offers before getting them accepted. Uh, more Americans think it's a better time to sell a house than to buy. Um, yeah, I, there's it's thin out there right now, isn't it? Or it's thin. Um, there's, there's a lot of agents. Depends on where you're looking. Yes. Uh, number one, if, if you've been locked here in the Bay Area for a long period of time, take a few minutes and go to Realtor.com or Zillow or Redfin and just search search a place like Coeur d'Alene or even uh, Arena or even like a Clear Lake and see what you can buy. And I think that's a driver of a lot of the real estate right now in the United States um, and and why we're hearing about uh, the Zillow reports and the Case Shiller reports about smaller cities doing really well. Um, you said, well, I've never moved to Vegas and who's moving to Vegas? Vegas right now is has a 32% drop in real estate in one year and they're looking at double digit price returns um, appreciation because of that type of flow. And, and you, you, you look at a $250,000, $300,000 house, which here is easily over a million. And yeah, you, you're sacrificing some, some, you know, your, your amenities and, um, you know, a little bit hotter weather, a little, you know, a little bit worry about water. And, but hey, I have an NFL team now. More families are moving here. More schools are being built. There's developments now that are going up where the developers are being required to build schools along with, you know, the, the new homes they're building. So you go to places that have land. And this is where I believe a lot of the, Millennials that are, by the way, starting to pick up more of the activity in in uh, from the this year as far as purchase first time home buyers uh, are seeing these opportunities elsewhere and and using a place like the Bay Area as a jump start. So, if I were to throw a little more color in, you came with me 15 years ago when I went to Raleigh to buy a house. I think I went on a Thursday, and I think I bought a house on a Friday, and we were on a plane. We were painting it on a Saturday. 
interviewing a and back on a we back on a Monday, like piano bar on Saturday night and back on Sunday. Yeah. Pretty crazy. Yeah. Like a one day turnaround. Yeah. Um, it's a little bit more difficult now. The inventory is affecting the low inventory is affecting the majority of the cities, of the United States. And, you know, you're going to find some stragglers here and there, but uh, the, the more desirable places where where there's you know good schools, good education, uh, lots of good jobs, other companies that are moving uh, and prospective companies moving into these areas where uh, are sparking a lot of interest, you're going to find it difficult with the inventory and maybe not a weekend trip, but still a lot of professional companies out there. And I, I struggle saying the word professional, a lot of companies out there that are preying on, not preying, but... Um, monopolizing uh, a place like the Bay Area and saying, they were going to take you out of the, your money out of the Bay Area and help you buy that house, and they'll do it for you. Um, I'm, I'm a little skeptical on that, but for some people it may work. Some people it won't. I'd rather buy a house on my own, to be honest with you. But we did the right thing. We, we went, we did the research before we went, took the time to meet the right realtor, did, well, what no. was his name? Green, Green, I don't know. what was his name? He offered us weed. <laughs> yeah, I remember. I wasn't exactly the right realtor. Uh, Maybe been right now, but anyway, still kind of a problem. Um, but yeah, so right now, if you're going to buy a home in a, a big city, the inventory is going to be thin. Yeah. And, uh, you know, pulling off a one-day turnaround just isn't realistic. So in, as realtors, that's that's got to change their business model. Yeah, what's, what's uh, kind of a side story to that, um, the, the percentage of homes that are being bought sight unseen, you know, I've done two or three of them this year is increasing. It's like 60 something percent. It's a huge amount of people who are buying okay. houses sight unseen. So you can literally go to the internet, find a house, write an offer, e-sign your offer, put it in and then see the house. Yeah. A little, little hindsight. I'm just, I'm starting to remember now backwards when I was looking for my current home, it took six months of no, no, too small. No, I don't want a house on stilts. No, I don't want plastic siding. No, no, well, no. And then, the real, interesting, and then the realtor said, I saw one today on tour, put in an offer on Wednesday, Easter's on Sunday, try to get the offer done on Wednesday or Thursday. Be a good offer. Don't mess around. And I was like, I called you. I'm like, Tony, you got to get this together for me. Got to make sure that's a good offer. Um, there was no one else who bid on it because I got my offer in kind of in a that, that was the way. day where there was a, quite a few signs, more signs than there are today. On, in the front yards, a lot more houses for sale. Sure. You had a lot more to choose from. Um, with the limited inventory, you, you almost can't sit there and, and take your time off your job and go because your realtor called you and said there's a house. You, you, you sit there and you have a kind of an open offer, an open, uh, kind of, um, put an offer in any house that you see in this parameter. And now I know a realtor who, who is not sneaky, but she was smart. She goes, she knows I want a place in Santa Barbara. So she sent a uh, postcard to the neighborhood that I chose. And said, I've got a family that's moving down. Are you thinking about selling? He could lease it back to you for a year, two years, three years. Um, and she found me the perfect house. And that's how she did it. So it wasn't a market. It wasn't a house that was going on the market. So this couple has nothing but equity in their home. They have nothing saved. They're surfers. So they need all my equity. They need me to pay them in cash for their house, essentially. And then in a year, two years, or three years, whenever they leave, they'll be able to go to a buy their house in all cash. So very creative realtor. So they do exist, but you have to hustle now. You just can't wait to yeah, see what comes on the MLS on Tuesday. Well, not only the, the, the buyers have to hustle, but the realtors do. There's quite still the same amount of realtors out there that were there a year ago, but we have, you know, 
10, 20% lower in inventory. And they have to do what it takes to get buyers and sellers to work with them. And they have to hustle. I'm Rob Black. He's Tony Mendez. You can meet us Thursday evening, the 16th in Los Gatos, the city of the cat. The city of the cat, Los Gatos, um, at the Toll House Hotel. It's a hotel that's made out of cookies, cookie dough. It's delicious. We'll be talking about estate planning, saving, income, retirement, 2018, uh, income in retirement, wealth preservation. You can sign up for the event at Rob Black Show. It's Rob Black Show. It's Thursday, the 16th, 630 to 830 at the Summit Ballroom in the Toll House Hotel. Sign up at Rob Black Show. Use code RADIO25 to get in for free. Don't forget, there's another hour of today's show to listen to. Find it now at kdow.biz or on the KDOW radio app. I'm Rob Black, talking money, investing, and more. Going to be doing an event at the Toll House Hotel on Thursday, November 16. It's an event on estate planning, income, and retirement, and wealth preservation. I'll be talking a little bit about 2018. 2017, the first 10 months of the year, produced returns of 15.5%. Most on Wall Street saw us around 5 to 10. So it was way better. And as the end of the year comes along, they're changing their forecast to make it look more like 15%. Interesting the way you can kind of just cheat a little bit, right? Um, Wall Street's pretty famous for that, where you cut your estimates a month before you report your earnings. And then oddly enough, hey, you came kind of in line or you slightly beat them. So the average American saves 3 to 5% of their income after taxes and expenses. Um, If I were to tell you to do one thing, say 15% of your income, and then at that point in time, I don't care what you do. If you want to own 100 trailer parks, that's fine. If you want to own 100 um, drug testing centers, that's fine. Whatever scheme you have out there, just save 15% of your money in a 401k, 403b, 457, Roth IRA, something, and then you'll, you'll end out, you'll do okay when push comes to shove. So, Tony Mendez, BayAreaLoanSource.com. It's BayAreaLoanSource.com. Poor people are running out of places to live. It's an interesting thought, right? It's, it's, it's harsh to say out loud. How did you feel when I said that? Oh, um, I'm, I'm trying to define who the poor people are nowadays, because uh, there's some pretty darn good salaries here in the Bay Area, but housing is just so expensive. Rents are expensive, and where are people living? And the super commute's getting even worse. So there's just, it, it opens up a huge ball of wax. And some cities have low-cost living, low-cost apartments, and they're snatched up by people who have jobs and good-paying jobs. Um, and they're not giving up those apartments, especially if they're in rent control. And I know that uh, one of the local news stations did an investigative report of saying, like, you're supposed to make $40,000 or less, and you have this apartment. And they show the person walking into Google who's, they're not making $40,000 or less. So the crisis now is getting to the point where even wealthy people are, are snatching up low-income house houses. Low-income houses are people typically defined that earn less than 50% of the area median income. Okay, let's say that again. Low-income households earn 50%, less than 50% of the area media income. So in New York City, for instance, a single renter can make $33,000 a year and be under the threshold. In poorer regions, it would obviously be much lower. But we're running out of places to put poor people. In Colorado, apartments affordable to very low income fell from about 32% down to 8%. In Texas, from 10% down to 3%. 
uh, for apartments that could be for low-income people. North Carolina went from 10% to less than 1%. Mm. Uh, in California and Florida, where the housing stock was entirely unaffordable to all uh, very low-income houses. Where are we going to put poor people? It's stunning to see that there's 0% of housing is uh, available to low-income borrowers. Uh, and and that that's just that's not that's just that's purchasing and renting. So it's it's scary. Remember my friend? And and you know Jerry Brown put pushed through these bills that came up a lot what about thirty days ago, like thirteen bills for affordable housing in in California. Everything from um, helping cut back on some of the red tape to yep. help builders, and then some incentives and some bonds. I think they sold to help fund the you know, fund this and. Um, where are they going to put it is, is the problem. And how are they going to convince a, a landowner to convert, let's say, a trailer park, for example, that's they're raking in dollars and then sell it when he's already raking in the money? How do you how do you get somebody who to sell, yeah. right, when they're already raking in the money? Or here's the other side of it, not just sell, but, you know, my friend Daddy, who does videos? Yeah, yeah. Um, he's had an apartment in San Francisco for 15 years. Last year, they lived in San Francisco. It was probably about seven years ago. He lives down in Venice Beach in, in Southern California. Um, but he rents sublets to his brother. On occasion, he'll call me. So he's like, do you need an off? Do you need a space for $1,000 a month? I'm like, it's pretty good, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I'd have to live with his brother or I could have both rooms for 2000 But he's not about to step out of that and let the income go higher. But he doesn't even live in the state. Um, and because it's rent controlled, it, 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 doesn't, yeah. it doesn't march higher. I think so. he's supposed to live there a certain amount of time each year. And I'm probably sure he gets away with it somehow. Yeah. And then he, he he's on the lease. He's, he's locked in. We've had tenants that have run into that issue multiple times. In Santa Barbara, they've passed an ordinance that you can't do an Airbnb unless you do it for a whole month. Um, so they're trying to get long-term stairs there and not, mm-hmm. you know, people on weekends fly in and kind of go around the, um, the hotel industry, so to speak. So what they do is they'll, they'll spot check. And if you're found to be doing it, it's a fine of like 150 bucks. People are just paying the fine. It's like spot check all you want. You know, it's, it's, this is a, a gold mine for me. And uh, some people have just rooms like they are in a, a rent controlled area. It's, you know, $1,500 a month and they'll rent out their second room and kick out the roommate and they'll just rent Airbnb it out on, on weekends and, and pay their whole rent that way. It's pretty fascinating what people will do. Uh, if you give them their crafty resources, they'll do it. Yeah, we're definitely seeing a lot more people considering renting out rooms. And um, we get more calls, people wanting to take money out to build an additional room. Um, and they're doing it without, um, I don't want to say without permits, but without the, uh, they're sacrificing their personal you know, um, privacy to make, you know to make it affordable for them to live and they they may be doing it for a family member or just purely rent it out but uh, we're seeing it more and more often i don't know where you're going to put the, the the poor people good question though right yeah so it's tony mendez if you want to get a home equity line if you want to get a mortgage 30 year 15 year 5 year 7 year adjustables arms jumbos look great fantastic right now isn't that crazy yeah you can borrow a lot of money for very low amount. Well, the margin interest. between the jumbo loans and the thirty-year fixed conforming have shrunk uh, uh, quite a bit. You can almost get them at the same rate. You can meet Tony and myself at the big event coming up November sixteenth in Las Gatas at the Toll House Hotel. It's income in retirement. I'm going to go over a 2018 outlook. He'll talk about interest rates and mortgage products. CFP Chad Burton will be there. You can sign up for the event at newfocusfinancial.com. It's newfocusfinancial.com and click. Um, what is it? Get in for free. He's Radio Radio 25. There you go.
Went brain dead on that one. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.